All right. Let's get this out of the way first. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed on Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast are solely those of the speakers, guests, and host, and do not in any way represent the thoughts or views or opinions of any other employer, partnership, or sponsor. The material and information in this podcast is for general information purposes only and should be used at the listener's discretion. Hey everybody, Chris here from Four Shift Fitness and the Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast. This week's ads are for just that, Fourth Shift Fitness and the Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast. If you like the show, if you like the content up on social media, you can support it. You can go on the Fourth Shift Fitness website, fourthshiftfitness.com, it's 4th shiftfitness.com and check out the buy me a coffee button you can also check out the merch there's still shirts and hats and stickers available but all that money goes towards supporting the show uh, supporting the message and building the force shift if you're interested in personal training i can do some remote stuff i can do some in-person stuff if you're in the area in the chicagoland area Um, but we offer that as well so check it out if you like what you're hearing please go support the show donate buy something uh, keep listening. Really appreciate it. Spread the show around and uh, let's get into it. Here comes the intro. Skip forward 30 seconds if you want to get right to the episode. This is the Tailboard Talk Podcast, the best health, wellness, and lifestyle resource for the fire service. We're using stories, lessons, and tips from the front lines to give a realistic view of what the job can do to us and how we can make it out alive. I'm Chris Morella, a firefighter since 03, medic since 05, full time since 08 and promoted to lieutenant in 20. I'm also a personal trainer and strength coach, and I'm here to give you the best information and host the best discussions to make us capable and durable, both on the job and away from it. So grab a heater, steal some fancy creamer from First Shift, and let's go chat. Well, I can kick it off by giving you your present. Oh, I realized uh, must have been for Christmas that we did our, well, we did our candy episode for Halloween. And then for Christmas, Katie bought me like a three-pound bag of another one that I forgot to bring up altogether. I've been slowly whittling away at three pounds of this candy. Mm. Okay? It's probably... Now, this is definitely a top 10 candy. For you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe top three. Let's see what we got. Because if they're available, I'm definitely having... I'm having at least one. Okay. Okay? If it's three musketeers, you just leave it in there. No. I'm going to give you the most controversial one, too. Oh, boy. Dum-dums are acceptable. Dum-dums are. Is it the mystery one? That's a mystery one, yeah. Okay, so I also have a strawberry and a peach backup. I'm going to try the peach one. I've never had that one. Dum-dums are clutch. Like, probably shouldn't be doing this while. It's going to be a good one. It's like a grapefruit or something like that. Ah, it's fruit punch, I think. It's not bad. I can't. I'll I'll be (laughs) clicking it on my teeth (laughs) while we're talking. All right. But... (laughs) So I got three pounds of them at the house if you need any dum-dums. Um, we, I don't remember what we used. Oh, we filled a pinata with a dum-dums uh, bag from Sam's. Yeah. And we filled the pinata with maybe like a quarter of the bag. So somewhere in this house, there's oh, dude. Uh, three quarters of a five-pound bag, I think, from Sam's of dum-dums. That's awesome. <laughs> well, you have the, the gift that keeps on giving. Delicious. Them. Yeah, I like dum-dums. Those are, those are big. Here's my one. Uh, this will just be a quick story. So we went to Universal over winter break. Mm. And in Harry Potter, there's something called butterbeer. Mm-hmm. Butterbeer. So there's a couple of varieties of it. The one uh, that I fell in love with is uh, <laughs> it's like a cream soda. And then on the top is um, like a cold foam, butterscotch cold foam. Oh. Um, and it is delicious. 
uh, and they do a write off a tap there. So uh, I had like three of them. They're not alcoholic. Oh I had three. They're not alcoholic, but I had three of them when we were there because it's what I looked forward to. Yeah. Um, somebody sent me something about like a Dairy Queen hidden menu that you can ask for. And so like, you know, like a Dairy Queen cake that they make, mm-hmm. you can ask for a cupcake, which is they make an individual cake for you in a cup really? each time. And one, as I'm scrolling, it gets down to butterbeer blizzard. And I'm like, oh boy. Butterbeer blizzard. So uh, Tay and I went out the other night and we stopped at Dairy Queen on the way back for dessert. And I'm like, I'm ordering Butterbeer Blizzard. Yeah. Me and Macaulay have been talking about this a lot, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he probably makes his own. So we get up there. Yeah, I'm sure he does. So we get to the menu, and or to the uh, drive-thru. I'm like, uh, do you guys have Butterbeer Blizzards? And she's like, what size? And I'm like, mini. I'm it like, worked. And I'm, I'm like, <laughs> fist pumping and everything. Yeah. So we go home, get here. I open it up. Butterfinger. Oh. God, the gotcha. disappointment. Oh, wow. The disappointment. Butterfinger. I'm like... Uh, Michael Scott, like when Toby comes in, like, no, no. Tay's <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what happened? God, no. I'm like, it's Butterfinger. <laughs> How'd you like some, some cold peanut butter yeah. taffy in your teeth yeah. for the next three days? How about so that? I ate it and it was delicious, well, but yeah. uh, it wasn't, wasn't the butterbeer one that Man, I was hoping what? for. You probably have to go inside for that. Probably. So, or did they know and they're like, yeah, I got you, pal. Don't probably. worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Another, got another one. <laughs> enormous secret menu, like hoax that's going on. And then you're only in the inner circle of the DQ. I even checked you know. the date because I'm like, well, this better not be from like 2019. But it was, the article was published in like December of 22. So. You're doing more fact checking. Oh, with, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> doing more diligence than yeah. most uh, researchers. That'll tie into our, our science thing of uh, judging what research is valid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got a whole... Uh, method and process yep. in, in place. Man, well, that's, I mean, that is a huge letdown. I can't remember the last time we got, we got minis. There used to be such a thing when we were at oh, the yeah. old building. Mm-hmm. And um, we'd, we'd play the game where, like, I mean, it's just a mini. We're just getting a couple minis, and you have, like, five minis equaling a large. Yeah. But because it was five individual minis, totally acceptable. Yep. Yeah. Well, it used to play, it, it used to be a regular at station six too. Cause anytime someone came in on overtime, it's like, all right, let's go to Dairy Queen. And yeah. the beginning, like, yeah, medium. And then like slowly after time, we're like, oh, I'll just have a mini. I'm yeah. just, <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Yep. <laughs> yep. Damn. Well, that's a good segue into, uh, into nutrition. How that can fit into nutrition. <laughs> yeah. Well, if nothing else, I mean, nutrition is a mess because, uh, well, I talked about a little bit before of like, People think if you are a fitness person or you pay attention to nutrition, then you are 100% awesome mm-hmm. and like textbook all the time, you know, right. and that's just not realistic. So like, yeah, dum-dums and butterbeer and, and DQ is probably like, yeah, I'd say even more, more so for me is probably more like 20-ish, 25% more than the 80-20%. Mm-hmm. Like it, it takes more because I feel confident I'm doing enough on the back end and Paying enough right. attention with what Katie feeds me, that's always good. That I can like, oh, I can really slap out then from time to time. And the, yeah, and the, like you said, so the eighty twenty thing is is that's just that's a better program long term than a hundred percent clean program. That's a hundred percent unsustainable long term. You know. Yeah. That that eighty twenty is it just it helps. You know. Yeah. But yeah, I can't remember the last time we stuck to like a a really strict diet and. I, I can't remember it. Like, yeah. I don't think we've ever done it. I think there's always been... You guys, you and Katie? Yeah, I yeah. don't think it's ever been 
that big of a deal. Right. And I, we don't freak out about cereal in the, in the morning. Like mm-hmm. <clears throat> do you remember when we were talking about injury screening a while ago, like a long, long time ago. And basically we were kind of getting into the performance side of things more and going to perform better more. And after like a day of it, you really had to like refocus on what exactly was going on. Because if you go to Eric Cressy, every single problem came from the shoulder. Mm-hmm. If you go to Sue Sony, every single problem came from fascia. And if you right. go to so-and-so, everything is wrong with your big toe and your big toe is causing every dysfunction in your body. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, hold on. Like, can we just take a little bit more median approach to this thing and, right. and not hammer down on one individual thing so terribly that you lose sight of everything else, right. you know? And I feel like it's that way with diet too. Like mm-hmm. if you hammer carbs and you hate carbs or something like that, you're going to leave gaps somewhere else. And if, right. if you take up like the weekly thing of, well, cereal's bad for you in the morning now, which probably isn't the best, but let's not pretend like you're going to just completely implode because you have a bowl of cereal no. and you like frosted flakes. Like it's I not have, the end of the world. I had frosted mini wheats for breakfast yeah. this morning. We have Cheerios yeah. with uh, bananas and blueberries with the kids like every morning. Mm-hmm. First of all, they like it, so they're going to eat it. Right. So I'm not super worried about their body composition at this point. I'm worried about them having some sort of energy source inside of them and then go break something. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. So I'm going to eat it instead of being crabby like at 930 in the morning mm-hmm. and just running on caffeine and, and irritability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if it's giving me those positives, like, and it has a little bit of like, oh, it's going to spike your glycemic index. And it's like, okay, I'll deal with that through all the stuff we're doing. Yeah. You know, and like. The problem is, is the answers in front of our face right, right there all the time. And it's always energy balance. It's always calories in calories out. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is that when you just say that there's no structure to it and people like structure. Yeah. So that's where people come into keto or intermittent fasting or, you know, whatever they want to go with it, because now that creates a little bit of structure, but the way those diets work is through energy balance. So you could eat all the keto you want, but you're still going to gain weight if you have a positive energy balance versus negative. Yeah. The other way that you can provide structure is, is logging your stuff through a tracker or through your own way, Mm. but that becomes tedious for some people. And, and some apps have gotten a lot better at being able to do it. Yeah. But that's the other way that you can provide structure to the energy balance system is, is to actually know what calories you're consuming and have kind of a ballpark of what you're uh, expending and then making sure that that balances, making sure that equation works for what your goals are, weight loss, weight gain, or or maintenance at that point. Mm. The problem that you have is that once people get into a, uh, a diet, they tout that as the best thing that you can possibly do. And it's, it's just, it's not true, you know? And the problem that we have is that you get people who, um, don't really understand science and they get a platform Mm. and they deny science, (laughs) liver King, uh, Tobbs, uh, Joel Seedman, you know, whatever it is. Right. But they don't, the burden for them to prove what they're saying isn't their burden anymore. It's someone else's burden to prove them wrong. And that takes time because of all the things that go into science, you know? Yeah. And so then you get people yelling for keto or yelling for intermittent fasting or whatever it is because science has proven that those are correct. But 
once once those things get studied, then they're proven to just be like anything else. If if they fall into calories in, calories out, then they work, and that's the science. Yeah, it's not because of some insulin, you know, carbohydrate model that you think sounds sexy. Yeah, and so that's true, you know, and and that's the biggest thing, you know, and like I was just looking at some of the ones that have been debunked recently, and like that insulin one's kind of a, kind of a hot topic right now. Mm. And so, like, the whole idea of that is that you eat low carb because carbohydrates are naturally uh, insulinogenic. You know, when you eat carbs, you have an insulin release, and then that stores the unused carbs as fat, you know, and that's how you gain weight. And there's been studies proven that if you regulate a person's macros through the day and you say, okay, uh, this study, this group is going to eat this amount of protein. This other group's going to eat the same amount, but one's going to eat more carbs. One's going to eat more fat. Mm. They're proven that there's no difference between the two on a short term. Mm. And they've also pr- proved it on a hypocaloric level long term that if you do low carb long term versus high fat long term versus high carb long term, I should say, there's still nothing that shows that there's a significant difference between any of those if everything else is controlled, yeah. which means that the insulin model doesn't work, you know, but because it sounds sexy and because you conform to calories in calories out, it does work. Yeah. It's just not for the reason that you want it to work. Well, we forget that things happen because they're doing their job too. So you might say like with that model, if you eat five or six dum-dums, right? And then have some cake. You're going to have an enormous insulin response, and mm-hmm. it's going to dump all its insulin. Like, yeah, it should. Like, right. that's the mechanism for controlling that. Right. It doesn't have every negative implication you can have with it. That Correct. means that, hey, congratulations, your body is functioning the way it should. You did this thing, and it reacted accordingly, and now it's right. going to level itself out over time. And so, but what people think there is, they go, because I had that response, and I gained weight insulin storing the carbohydrates is the is the result but it's not it's the hyperpalatable carbohydrates and fat that you ate at the same time yeah with a huge energy density that's what added the weight to you it's not insulin you know yeah so <laughs> related but unrelated topic we're gonna keep talking about nutrition mm. i can't remember if i sent this one to you or not i asked about light duty last week on instagram i oh, said like yeah. why do we hate light duty yeah, so yeah. much right uh-huh. and one person wrote me a thing that said at my department People don't like light duty because that means if they're on light duty, they can't take overtime. So this is a parallel thought to what just made me think of when you're talking, right? Mm-hmm. I said, if, you, if you're if you hurt, you can't take overtime. You're on light duty because you're hurt. So light duty is not the reason you can't take overtime. Right. It's something that you happen to be on because you're yeah. hurt. You can't take overtime, but light duty is not the victim or is not the villain yeah. that make you not be able to take... It's because you got hurt. Right. So the same thing, like... <laughs> The thing that we're vilifying is not the thing. Yes. It's it's something that goes along with it, and you're just blaming it because, hey, if you didn't get hurt, you wouldn't be on light duty. You can take overtime. Yeah. If you don't eat excessive amounts of stuff that's going to cause a positive energy balance, you won't get as fat as quickly. Mm-hmm. But it's not it's not the dum dums, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not yeah. your insulin and your body trying to help you out by, by doing its job, right? Correct. Well, that's a good one. That's a good kickoff to it. Um, I think the other thing we, we run into a lot is people will do something, get a positive experience from it, regardless of what it is. It could be, it could be keto or it could be paleo or it could be whatever, right? So they do that. They become an advocate for it. They start kind of professing how great it is. Mm-hmm. 
they got into it on a suggestion or because of viewing something, they're like, I'll try that. They go into it cold and blind, right? Mm -hmm. Positive result, but then they demand science or research to disprove it for them to stop doing it. Correct. So what they went into doing with no science or research and they like doing, now if you say like, hey, there's probably a better way, like, well, then show me the science of something better. Right. Like, well, you didn't need science to do the thing you're doing. Right. So what do we, what do we, I can show you the science on your thing too if you'd like to see that, but you like it, so we're not going to pay attention to that. Yeah. The, the problem now too is people have gotten so bad in the 21st century at judging what is reliable studies and, and data to support their argument. Yeah. Or to debunk an argument that they're going against that it's like, they don't even need that anymore. They just need someone yelling at them that this is the best <laughs> thing or someone to write a book to go, this is why this is yeah. the way you should do it, you know, and that's all they need. But it's like, they've, they've gotten away from like understanding how science actually works, you know, and the real like exercise of finding a truth versus just shouting and well, prove me wrong. Well, it's like, well, prove yourself right. You yeah. know, like you can't. <laughs> and that's the bigger thing is right. that, uh, I can't imagine the average person, though, hearing a referral from their friend of like, oh, you should try this diet, and then going actually looking for science and research on it. I could see them seeking out a charismatic and well-spoken individual on it, mm -hmm. and then just taking that as gospel right. and doing it. Um, so I think that maybe it's just a, the bigger issue is a communication issue yep. and a trust issue. Mm -hmm. Maybe And then the larger overreaching issue or overarching issue is that it takes a while to do it. Right. Probably the right way. And, and so like the whole, the whole thing of it though gets back to, yes, you had some success with it, but, and we've seen with the people that do it at work, that success stops for one reason or another mm -hmm. because it's unsustainable, you know? And so it's like, why didn't keto work for you? Well, cause I was still drinking. Right. Well, <laughs> right. Okay. You know, and you can, you can create a weight loss or weight management lifestyle for yourself and enjoy everything that you want within the parameters of energy balance. Yeah. And so you, and, and that's the thing is people get, they, they develop structure with keto or intermittent fasting or whatever it is. And that works for them. But at some point they get back to going, I want ice cream or I want something. And that takes them outside the parameters of their energy balance. And then it doesn't work anymore, yeah. you know? And then they fall back into, they, they, the pendulum swings way the other way. And then this thing didn't work at all, yeah. you know? And that's where you get back to what we talked about in the beginning, the 80, 20, if you just enjoy those things under the parameters of calories in calories out, you can have anything you want. Understanding that if you eat too much of it over a week or over a yeah. month, you're going to gain weight. And that's just the, that's the way it is. It's science. Well, that's not, that's not to be confused with, uh, if it fits your macros disaster either though. Yeah. Because there is the 80, 20 side of it. Mm -hmm. It's not just like the, the age old idiocy of like, well, a hundred calories from a donut's the same as a hundred calories from an apple. Right. That's not the same. Mm -hmm. Um, do you think people create their own addiction with this? Cause the way we talk about it too is like, um, people are super strict with it. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's compared to like alcohol, super strict, no alcohol, you're, you're dry, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, you're like, I bet I could have one beer. Mm -hmm. or I bet I could like, like have a glass of wine or something like that, right? right? And then you're, you're off the wagon mm -hmm. and then you're, you're just going the complete opposite direction. Right. When beforehand, maybe you didn't have a, a true problem with alcohol. It wasn't consuming your life. It wasn't preventing you from success or like living your life. But for whatever reason, you decided to go down this hard path of like now complete abstinence from alcohol and you've created 
that swing effect. Mm -hmm. When in the beginning, if you'd be like, you know what, instead of drinking like three times a week, maybe I'll just drink two times. Mm -hmm. So that'll just be the weekend. And then the rest of the week, I don't know, maybe once during the week, but it's not going to be like a regular thing. Right. But instead of that, you took the hard path and now you've created this monster Mm -hmm. and basically simulated an addiction that made you react a certain way in the future when you thought you could dip your toe back in. Well, and the thing is, is so in, in that, what I would probably say is that people dip their toe in only adding, not subtracting anything. So they mm-hmm. go, okay, well, I'm going to add, I can have three more, I can reintroduce three more drinks a week, but what have you taken out that to balance out 600 extra calories a week or whatever sure. it is, you yeah. know? And so that, then they fall off that way. Same thing with the whole 30, you know, the whole 30 is everyone's like, Oh, I'm going to do a whole 30 and reset. And it's like, yeah, you get great success <laughs> of it because you restrict your calories for 30 days. And then the whole thing of the whole 30 is then start reintroducing things back in you do, but you don't. You don't adjust for what you're taking in. Okay, you reintroduce a sweet potato back in. Awesome food, 200 calories for a sweet potato, but you don't take out brown rice or whatever else, right. whatever whole thirty thing that is is acceptable. You don't take that out. Now you've just added 200 calories to a meal. Yeah, you know, and how many times you do that throughout a week compounds over a week and a month and so on. You right. know, and then it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> and then you do another whole thirty and. Nine months later and, you know, repeat <laughs> you reset the process. Yourself. Yeah, exactly. Have you heard of this uh, Ozempic deal? I don't think so. That's the drug that people are taking now for extreme weight loss. Okay. And it's, I know, I know loosely about it. Mm-hmm. So it's dangerous to talk about, right? But I know about it because one of my friends is, um, she's, she's in her late 50s and she's a diabetic, mm-hmm. right? And this is a diabetic medication. Okay. I don't know exactly how it works to be primarily a diabetic medication, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you take it off label, it's an extreme weight loss thing because all it does is make you nauseous and throw up mm-hmm. as long as you're taking it. Okay. So she was saying like I was at, let's just say one unit, right, of mm-hmm. Ozempic. And um, and my my diabetic numbers weren't that great still. Like it was just too high and they want to bring me down within the normal range. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. So they upped me to like 1.5 and then up to two. And then I started feeling a little bit gross and like 2.5. And I haven't been able to eat in like three days because all I'm doing is throwing up and mm-hmm. I feel nauseous all the time. So people are jumping in at like the three and a half to four unit range mm. and ditching like 60 pounds in weeks mm-hmm. because they're just literally starving themselves and vomiting, yeah. throwing everything up until they have to go off it to like drink water and have a snack and then go back on it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the, like the farthest example of excess, you yeah. know, to chase this thing. It's in such demand that diabetic people can't get it now because Jeez. everybody else is using it for weight loss. So I haven't, I, I definitely haven't heard, I haven't heard that one specifically. I'm going to, I'm going to take a, a different side to this than probably you'd expect and say that I do think that in some people there's a place for something not as extreme as that, oh, yeah. but where you've lost any chance of handling this naturally mm-hmm. with diet and exercise and your choice is to take some weight some weight loss medications or basically die faster than you were yeah. going to and and i know there's a big it's a big line in the sand in the fitness industry because of you know what everyone everyone stance on it but i do think that there's a place for it and that no, no different than i think there, there's place for um you know a cardiac medication of like yeah, you, your cholesterol might be at 240, 
and extreme, and you know through diet and exercise you can probably bring that down, but maybe it's a better idea to get that down faster uh, yeah. for your long-term you know wellness. Now, like it certainly is finding the the um, balance of how you can do that reasonably and not have a rebound. But I don't want to throw like all of modern medicine out of the window uh, for some real idiots doing some dumb things. Well, that's what it is. It's idiots doing dumb things. Yeah. I think we both have, um, what's his name? Spencer. Nadoski. Nadoski. I mm-hmm. mean, I think we, that's when I started becoming more understanding of that approach mm-hmm. to it was just seeing him more on social media. Yeah. And, and he, I remember I'm trying to look it up now. He actually said with that Ozempic thing, He's like, this is the same drug we've been using for years, just in a way skewed yeah. method of using it. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's not a new miracle drug. We've been using it responsibly for years. You guys are just taking it and, right. and going bananas with it. I absolutely believe um, in the same thing. It's just knowing, like you said, knowing how to use that right. to either initiate or start it and then how to get off it and how to create that that lifestyle that's going to mm-hmm. help you be sustainable. But, yeah. Um, I think the the comparison uh, blood pressure medication is perfect for it because like, yeah, does the risk of working on this for the next six to nine to 12 months and having extremely high blood pressure outweigh the benefit of reducing it over the course of a couple of weeks of getting on a drug and then getting healthier in the meantime? Right. Yeah. I, I don't see a difference with that, but I see a huge difference um, in terms of diet stuff with there being a lot more shame around weight loss medication oh, yeah. compared to high blood pressure medication. I would, I would venture that this, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure that you're perceived as a failure if you get to that. Probably. Like I, I, I bet that's how those people feel is like I failed and this is what I have to do now. It's probably, you know, if you're on high blood pressure medication, I don't think that's an embarrassment to you, right. you know, but I, I bet you those people feel some shame to the point where they're like, I can't, I'm not able to do this by myself. So I need to, take weight loss medication. Yeah. Well, I bet it's scary too. I mean, we're talking way out of bounds from our personal experience. I bet it's scary too, because it seems like such a, it's such a wild west of where are you going to go for it? Mm -hmm. Where are you going to go for it? And when you start looking at them and what they can do, like, do you really want to feel nauseous and vomit for three months? When you're telling me everything about them, like (laughs) gross, no way. (laughs) Yeah. I'm on a, uh, it's been, 20, 21 years since I've thrown up. Really? Yep. I'm a big fan of throwing up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll throw up. No. Yeah, dude. I'll do any. I'll put duct tape over my mouth and no. not throw up. <laughs> I'm big on throwing up. I'm all about it. Oop. Yeah, that's like the regular, uh, that was the regular routine back in the partying days was like. Really? It's just empty this tank better? and take a nap. No. Oh, yeah. It was a, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, I had some chicken tendies from uh, Mickey D's. <laughs> that was it? <laughs> that was it, yeah. I still, I, uh, so did you have an aversion to that then? To chicken tenders? Yeah. Did yeah, I, I haven't had them. Uh, I don't think I've had them since. Really? Just the Maybe just the McDonald's ones or like any kind of chicken Oh, no, tenders? I'll eat chicken tenders like okay. crazy, but I'm not sure I've had McDonald's ones the Chicken since. nugget? Yeah, nuggets, yeah. That's what I, meant. Uh, I had an aversion to that with peppermint for a long time. Really? Because I ate a lot, of, a lot of really bad sliders when I was a kid. Mm-hmm after like a hockey tournament or something like that. And then um, they were obviously like super greasy and gross thinking back on it. But then at the end of the meal, I had one of those pinwheel peppermints and I puked my brains out. So obviously it was a pinwheel <laughs> yeah, peppermint that did obviously. it. And then, uh, but I'm over that now. Yeah, I, I shouldn't say I'm over that. I still don't love peppermint. I'm over the mental block about things. Mm-hmm. When we were down in, 
um, Florida for Thanksgiving, we had seafood pizza, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Is it? It's so good. Hmm. It's very, you got to. Is it a white it. sauce or is it a red sauce? It's like an oil. oil? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, garlic. It's like garlic and oil okay. covering whatever. It cast a wide net. Yeah. You're scraping the bottom of the ocean floor. It's just, just tons of stuff on there. there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Clams and, and scallops and yeah, all the, all the tentacle creatures, probably a starfish or two. Mm-hmm. So we've had it several times when we're down there, right? This time we got food poisoning from it. Mm. And me and Nathan were like alternating trips to the bathroom from like midnight to seven in the morning, you yeah. know, just wrecked. But then as soon as we got to the point where we threw the pizza up, we were fine. Yeah. Didn't feel good, but we're not, we're not throwing up anymore. So mm-hmm. like, okay, obviously it's the pizza then. Right. So we spend the next day like rough shape cause we were, we were just like yeah. beat up. And then we go to the wooden rooster the next morning, mm-hmm. smoked salmon and Boy. dill <laughs> omelet on the menu, baby. Yep. <laughs> we're getting that down. And Katie's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I'll know for sure if we're yeah. better or not. Like, I'm going to know in the next 10 minutes if I'm all done being you sick. You moved away from the crepes? Or did you get or crepes there's too? a crepe. Yeah, okay. It was a, okay. So it's a crepe, but inside it has the scrambled eggs, okay. smoked salmon, dill sauce, all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the first meal after having seafood pizza, yeah. um, food poisoning. So I don't buy into that stuff anymore. Yeah. And I'm going to have seafood pizza <laughs> the next time we go down. I'm sure you are. <laughs> so so uh, be warned. Um, oh, man. What was the other thing? Spencer Nadalski, seafood pizza, throwing up. 21 years. 21 years, man. That's a long time not to throw up. Not how you've done it. Oh, what they call it when like you can, when you have no real issue eating carbs versus protein versus fat in your energy systems, like flexibility or something like that, or energy system flexibility. Normal. (laughs) It is normal. Yeah. It is normal. Yeah. So if you can handle a little bit of sugar and your your insulin's like, ah, I'll take care of that. It's probably better than having no ability to regulate yeah. at all. Yep. And that's so and that's the other thing like, No offense diabetics. Right. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's the other thing that um a lot of these like polarizing views do is they start demonizing a lot of food. Yeah. And so um I think and this just came out and I, I wrote down what it's called. The food compass came out. I heard about that. So the, and it got a lot of traction on Joe Rogan. And basically the idea of it was the conclusion that was drawn is that Lucky Charms are better for you than steak. I saw that. I saw that headline and guess what? I didn't read it. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is correct. Obviously. And so, you know, the, the but basically <laughs> what happens is now you've got a bunch of people that are going to think, well, steak's bad for you, you know, and then you have obviously the, the rational people that know that it's not. But the problem when you set up foods in a hierarchy is that you eliminate a lot of foods that are good for you mm. and that you can have because you think that something's better for you. But then again, you get into the realm of being unsustainable because you can only eat so many apples and quinoa and ground Turkey yeah. before you're like, I'm done with this. You know, Do, you know, what's funny is when I saw that the first thing I thought of wasn't anything nutrition based. The immediate, immediate thing I thought of was like, Oh, this is an attack on government. And it's not, it's exactly what, no, the headline, yeah. right. The headline was, Oh, That's what they is, wanted to be. This yeah. is you placing more distrust in government Correct. and thinking that the FDA is against you and the CDC is against you. Like this is what that's Correct. the underlying thought of that. And it has never once thought about it. nutrition. <laughs> yeah. And so, and that's a big thing on it too. So like my plate deck of and food pyramid, those were government, you know, Yeah. but this one is not, it's done by Tufts university and I can't remember the private company that did mm. it, but, and they're, they're, they're openly, 
uh, communicating that this has no government affiliation and that it's a private company and they they're doing things on their best interest of yeah. it too. But that was the immediate thing was like, yeah, here's just another thing the government's trying. And it's like, yep. it has nothing to do with them. It nothing to do with them. I also think it was funny. Um, I saw the first good rebuttal the other day. That was probably a while ago now for when people are like, how come in the past two years, the government wants you to get more shots and stay isolated from each other and blah, 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 but they never once told you to get in shape and exercise and eat better foods. And somebody was like, oh, you must not be familiar with these initiatives. Yeah. And started listing off like <laughs> right. all the public health initiatives, yeah. all the education, all the websites from like the presidents, all from the White House, mm-hmm. all and down of like, here's the guidelines, here's what they suggest, here's more resources, yeah, I mean, here's Mo- all this. Michelle Obama had a huge like fitness initiative that she was running. Yeah. I, can't, I can't remember. The name escapes me. When well, they had an but... enormous chef in there, like yeah. the the giant muscle bound dude that mm-hmm. was like, and they had their own garden and all that. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's out there. If mm-hmm. you, if you haven't seen it, it's cause you're not looking for it. Correct. Because it's going to conflict with whatever you're pissed your off narrative. about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, jeez. Yeah. All right. That's a good spot. You got anything yeah. else on your sheet there you want to run through? You know, I think maybe a good one would just be to like, you can put a poll out there and see if, uh, see what questions people have on nutrition so we can answer them a little more specifically. Yeah. You know, it's easy for us to sit here and blab about. Like, I'll tell you what the question is. What, What's the best nutrition plan for firefighters? <laughs> calories in, calories right, out. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, what's another one? What's another one you expect to see? Uh, you know, I think that people, I, I would expect to, to see um, questions about, like, diets, like intermittent fasting, Yeah. you know, uh, fasted cardio, you know, th- things along those lines. My friend does CrossFit and loves keto. Why isn't it good for firefighters? Sure, we can answer that one. Yeah. <laughs> did I did I send you the article about the keto study? I thought I sent you that one. Stronger by science. I thought uh, I forwarded maybe. it to you a little bit ago, and they basically talked about why a keto diet wasn't optimal for performance based professions and athletes, uh, and then maybe strategies. You know, like what um, if there's any tools that we use. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Do you use any food tracker at all? Or have no. You? No. I probably have tried. No. I can't. I don't. I can't. Mm-hmm. I just don't function with them. Yeah. Do I figure out when my gaslight goes on? I live seven miles from work. I figure out how many more trips I can take Dude. before I have yeah. to fill up. You right. know, it's, I'm not proactively logging sure. anything. And I would love to be able to have the diligence to do that, but I just don't have it. In but me. the reality too is you're you don't have a weight loss goal, right? Right. Right now, that's not an interest to you. Right. You know, when I feel like I'm gaining weight or I want to see a difference. I pile on more exercise. Seafood pizza and peppermints. <laughs> oh, that'll that'll yeah. do it. I mix them together. Yeah, <laughs> actually cancels each other out, and mm-hmm. I can eat anything. But I just pile on more exercise, and then yeah. I don't eat as much as I want to. Um, but it's also intuitive. I never. So, I'm not starving myself, and, I'm and that's. Not, you know. I mean, that's intuitive. But that's. I mean, that's the strategy for the win is like hypocaloric and resistance training. Yeah. Versus endurance training. It's, yeah. It's another one that's been proven. You know. Pretty much. What do you think, say? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs>